Hello, everyone. Happy November 1st. Welcome to Let's Get Sandy. This is episode one. I'm super excited that you're here. This episode is with someone who is one of my best friends, one of the most inspirational people in my life, someone who has taught me many, many things, and he helped me produce this podcast. He helped me think of the idea, Let's Get Sandy, and the name, so I give him a lot of credit for that. Um, in this episode, we talk a little bit about his time in Durango, Colorado, his startups, life at Facebook, and what it's like to work with your friends, not to mention build bunk beds to create businesses. <laughs> with that, I welcome you, Tylen Bichachich. I hope you enjoy the episode. Tylen, hello. Hey, Brooke. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for coming. Yeah, you know, when Brooke Niffin tells you she's starting a podcast I'm and stopped. she has probably one of the best and most inquisitive conversational minds oh, my paired with a really good podcast voice, you can't say no. So I'm Thank excited you. to see what we got in store. So Tylen and I have been friends for about two years now. We started at a small tech company together, Get Prime, and we were SDRs there. Super mm. fun. So, Tylen, what made you send it, <laughs> let's get Sandy, <laughs> to Durango? So, I think I had spent a lot of time living in Houston and Texas, and I wanted my first thing is I just want to move to somewhere where there aren't mountains. And I'd spent some time doing my first startup, and I was kind of getting. Um, I don't know, there was a lot of mental exhaustion from just starting up a business and I wanted to, I guess, escape to the mountains. So sure. Durango was a town that I found online and they <laughs> yes. had like a startup job there. So I applied for it, got it, never visited the town, nothing. And I ended up moving there and it's totally different than anything I've ever been used to. You, know? you are officially a sender. I yeah. should call my audience senders. That's what I am. I'm a sender. I'm a <laughs> let's get sendy sender. I like it. So looking at your time in Texas, you had started VOCO, which is uh, Alexa for Senior Living Communities. Yeah. And you were also previously working... At a 3D printing startup. Right. And that's where you met your other co-founders yep, of your companies now. That's where I met Leon and Alden. We both, um, well, well, all three of us started at this job right out of college. Mm -hmm. um, I think each of us had a different path to get there. I know that mine was I, during college, would have lots of the traditional internships you could think of. I was an industrial engineer by trade, and I would go do these jobs with large corporations, and I just would not enjoy it at all. Um, <laughs> not your thing. <laughs> no, not at all. It was very monotonous, repetitive tasks, um, just items that didn't excite me. But that's important because you need to have those experiences to recognize what your strengths are and what you really want to do. 100%. Like that's what drove me to, I could have gotten paid a lot more <laughs> working at other jobs out of college. Uh, instead, I took a job opportunity with a 3D printing startup that didn't even pay me for the first month. Um, I was kind of on a trial period and I showed up to the door, I think like every day, just showing up until... I think they finally decided to pay me. So um, you were a good employee. Yeah. Yeah. You made your mark. Exactly. So from there, I mean, then Foco was born. So 
Voco. We love Voco. Yeah. So moving back into the Durango portion, you moved there and being an SDR, did that set you back a little bit from your goals? That wasn't really in the yeah. cards. Yeah. I or was think, it? I, I think my, like, generally when you're building businesses, like there are two things you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're either building the product, whether it's hardware or software, or you're selling the product. Mm-hmm. Marketing, sales, etc. And most of my career has been spent in selling products. So SDRing is... I think people view it as kind of the lowest on the totem poles of selling products. It's scraping the bottom, baby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it gets you to, if you want to get into sales, you have to be an SDR. Yeah. It's like kind of, you have to, if you want to like ever be on the basketball team, you got to be the ball boy. Yep. So, and we, you know, did it set me back? I don't know. I don't view things as setting me back mm-hmm. so much. I think it was a good experience. I think I probably could have worked elsewhere and gotten paid more again. But I think that the startup that we were working with was really cool. And yep. I think that was the most exciting thing for me. I, I just want to work at places that I think yeah. excite me. And importantly, that helped you shape the company you're working on now, which we will talk about later down this podcast. Yep, exactly. So about, what was it, four months into working at Giprem? Yeah. Wow, so short. It was like March, right? Mm-hmm. Your friend... What's his name again? Matt, Matt, Matt Tucker. Tucker. <laughs> so sweet. So Matt Tucker, this is so unique and this doesn't happen a lot. And I found this so interesting when Tylen told me he referred him to a job at Facebook without telling him, which is pretty crazy. And he just hit him up and was like, hey, I referred you to a job at Facebook. And you're like, what? <laughs> Facebook wasn't in your cards. The Facebook wasn't something you dreamed of, which many people do. Many people want to work at Facebook. Yeah, I think one, super grateful that Matt even thought of me, um, kind of surprised, you know, you don't really hear about people getting jobs at Facebook ever. No, it's very hard. <laughs> yeah, and then you figure out that like they employ like 50,000 people and you're like, where the heck are all of them? <laughs> <laughs> what country? Where? Yeah, exactly. So it was, um, it was just, he thought that I would be a really good fit for this product role that I currently work in now. I was taken aback. Honestly, I loved my time in Durango. I was loving it. I was totally fine, you know, doing our jobs there. I saw a pretty steady, you know, sales career path for me. And I got to live in a town where all the people I loved were and all the things I loved to do was. So we're still all so close. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, I was kind of excited, but also not really excited. I was kind of playing it as like, whatever happens, happens. Right. Right. That's awesome. And I wanted to touch on this because this is unique to our friendship we both receive these opportunities out of nowhere and where I'm working now at Stanford, this wasn't something yeah. I was seeking. And I think it's important to touch on the fact that we were both just striving to be the best versions of ourselves. And when you do that, opportunities will come and putting good energy out into the world and just being a good person, being a good employee, being early on time, great team player. These things will bring you to places that you've never imagined. And I think it's not always what's on your resume, what's on the piece of paper. I mean, yes, that's very important to some Mm -hmm. job roles, but I'm doing something completely different to what my college degree is. And so is Thailand. It's important for people to know that it's not always about what's on the paper. It's about who you are as well. Mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more. I think I look at my own career. I have made a habit of learning the things 
that I'm doing right now from like just exploring. Yeah. Being a good person, taking opportunities, you know, just even if it's like, I want to learn this, I'm willing to do it for free. Like, I don't need you to pay me. Let me just figure out. And that's you sending it. Yeah. You don't have to think twice in your head. You're like, I'm going to grow from this no matter what happens. And if it's not good, I'll just leave and do something else because there's opportunities everywhere. Yeah. And I don't know how many people think of it like that. You know, I, I think that whole... You know, our teachers always told us, go follow what you like, love to do and money will like come, come. to you. Opportunities so I, will come. Yeah. You just have to have like extreme conviction in the items you really believe in. And I mean, with sacrifice and all of the opportunities that come to you, you're, you're going to make something beautiful out of it. Absolutely. But once you get the wheels turning, once you, it's like a snowball, right? Once you get, this sounds so silly, (laughs) but once you get going, you're getting going. You know what I'm saying? Totally. Okay. So your time at Facebook, you're still there. I'm acting like you're gone. (laughs) um, What is it like to be a product manager at Facebook? What does your day-to-day look like? What do you do? Yeah. So on the product portion, uh, you know, I'm what is typically called at Facebook product specialist. So I will end up working on a product. Right now I work on premium music videos. And what I'm tasked with is, you know, fixing the quality of premium music videos. And what does quality look like? Well, it has two factors. There's functional quality, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, is the app working? Do Mm -hmm. people have trouble accessing it, et cetera. And then there's perceptive quality which is like when someone's watching a music video, how is it making them feel? You, you know, probably everything you've ever seen on The Social Dilemma. <laughs> oh my uh, God. I watched that and I was so scared. I was like, I'm throwing my phone out the window. I'm deleting every app Exactly. Is. Yeah. You, I mean, you know, but you don't know until you watch it. Or work there. Or, yeah. And actually do You're it. in it. Yeah. So yeah, it was- pretty scary. I've never watched The Social Dilemma, so I don't necessarily know if oh, this is true. Yeah, but um, you work in it. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's kind of what I'm focused on. I work with a team of engineers, help them out, and um, just always trying to figure out ways to make the product more engaging and better. I'm going to ask you what your favorite part about working at Facebook is, but I want to tell you what my favorite part is <laughs> about you working at Facebook first. What is that? So when you work at Facebook, not now because of COVID, you can bring guests. And it honestly, I didn't expect it to be this way, but this is a compound, people. <laughs> it is Disneyland for adults. You walk inside there's free food everywhere. And I mean, everywhere you turn left, right, there's sweets over there. There's pulled pork over there. There's pho over there. There's, I said, I think it's pho, not pho. um, It's wild. And I think the craziest thing that cracked me up was the vending machines with phone cases, chargers, like earbuds that cracked me up. Anyways, if you have a friend at Facebook, once COVID's over, go to Facebook. It's insane. Anyways, what's your favorite part about Facebook? I mean, I I think you nailed all of them. <laughs> yeah. Outside it's much of, more than that. I'm just, from an outsider's perspective, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I think that, you know, the amenities are awesome. The gym is great. Um, for me, I genuinely believe Facebook has the power to be a real force for good in mm. society. And... I really do look highly at our leadership. I think Mark Zuckerberg is very intelligent and, you know, good person. 
Yeah. Contrary to maybe what the media. Yeah, that's sees. interesting because a lot of people in this world obviously are very against him. And so it's yeah. interesting to hear from an insider's perspective. One of the cool things I think that probably the listeners will appreciate is like every Thursday, Mark Zuckerberg speaks to all the employees and we each, you know, have the opportunity to like ask him a question. There's a giant poll that goes out and we all ask him questions and he directly addresses those. Then he takes questions after that. So every week he's, I think people have seen him on Congress, like get drilled with questions. <laughs> he gets drilled 10 times harder at Facebook <laughs> with questions. That's cool. Um, so kind of the whole force for good thing, like there's so much positive items that have come out of Facebook. I mean, for example, my mother who left Bosnia, you know, in 1998 yeah. came to America, left all her friends. They all had to get dispersed to like different countries, could never, ever like talk to each other. 20 years later, she gets a Facebook, gets on there and is reacquainted with her childhood best friend that she hasn't spoke to in 30 years. Amazing. And now they're like planning visits to go see each other in the Netherlands. Like that, that is so just, cool. Yeah. I love the connectivity of Facebook. I do. Yeah. I think it's, <laughs> I'm going to spill a secret here. This is how I remember birthdays. It's horrible. <laughs> Sometimes I'll wake up and look and be like, oh my God, it's my aunt's birthday. I totally forgot. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's incredible. And I, along with that, I have teammates from Hawaii who live all over the world. Like almost 50% of our team was international. Yeah. And that's how we keep in touch, Instagram, Facebook, and it's... WhatsApp. What's WhatsApp, baby? What's up? <laughs> but it's so important, and it's awesome, and it, it's unifying people at the end of the day. So Yeah, and uh, you know, it's our job, you know, as employees there, and to keep that going. One of the tangential things I will say is, like, as we look towards growing the internet, I do believe American values should be spread on the internet, and I think that Facebook is is yeah. the force to do that. So Yeah, that's awesome. So you work at the most, one of the most desirable companies in the world. Yeah. Simple as that. Now that you're, you know, starting your own startup, get sales, why would you walk away from that? Yeah, I think that generally a few principles I operate on. Okay. But I think the first thing is if, there's an opportunity that you enjoy or is better, you know, why not take it? Facebook is extremely desirable, but there's a certain liberty that I enjoy that just doesn't come with ever working for anyone else. Um, I just feel like my mind is always turning and thinking of different things. And if I'm limited in a certain role, I won't be able to pursue those items. Yeah. And if there's ever a company that actually enables you to do whatever you want, it's Facebook. It is. Um, why is that? What, what separates Facebook is they, why is Facebook why is like, it, yeah, like why do you feel like you can create your own things? Like they're giving you the opportunity to do so. Yeah. Facebook, the way people operate is you either have managers or ICs. ICs are individual contributors. Okay. As an individual contributor, basically your whole task is make Facebook better. Okay. And you're kind of a product specialist. Okay. How can you make Facebook better yep. in the role that you are? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of freedom that comes with that. And decisions at Facebook are made from, you know, a lot of the times from the bottoms up. So any okay. IC goes and they push a project towards completion. So it's like a lot of mini startups in your own right. But also what are, one of the things is like, what are the opportunities to make the most amount of money? You know, working for someone else, you're always sometimes capped. Mm-hmm. Maybe not if you're a salesperson, but even if you're a salesperson. Um, and the ability to learn. You know, if I'm at a place and I just feel like I'm not learning as much as I could, I can't work there. Yeah. It's 
You're not progressing. I'm not growing. I'm not anything. And And that's important to you. Yeah. So hence why I do seek these other opportunities and hence why I'm really, really excited about Git sales. And that's kind of what drives me this like incessant desire to keep growing and building and whatever makes me happy that like Monday has started and that it's Friday and now I'm sad because everyone thinks the work week is done, but that's not what it should be. And that's so your character. I mean, being your friend and had lived with you for a little bit. Side story, Tylan (laughs) and Leon moved in with me in, we're in the Silicon Valley and they bought bunk beds and they bought bunk beds to start get sales, which is who you're, you're grown men at this point, 24, 25, but it's inspiring because you slapped the whiteboard on the wall. Mm -hmm. You filled it with ideas. You taught yourself how to code. You didn't go to school for that. You didn't get a degree in that. You sat there every time I wanted to go out with you, (laughs) (laughs) but you, you were so motivated and so dedicated. And I find that so inspiring because I look at you now and where you are with this product and it's, what, you started this six months ago? Yeah, six months ago. I took a break for like three, four months because of COVID. Yeah. You know, you're just debating on if the world's going to end tomorrow or not. <laughs> Got to so do all the things I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, um, and then picked it back up about two and a half months ago, hired another software engineer to help. It's amazing. You've and, made it so far. So yeah. they worked on that product for a little bit um, from bunk beds, not literally, mm-hmm. but um, just super creative. And I think that's awesome. And now you're you know how to code pretty well. Yeah. So how did you learn how to code on your own? Uh, Lots of (laughs) YouTube. Um, I think YouTube is is the place people. It's the crown jewel. (laughs) It's how you learn how to do anything. Exactly. Exactly. And that was, um, I think it was YouTube, but also like I wanted to learn how to code before in the past, but I think not having a project that I knew how I wanted it to operate, like held me back. Yeah. Now I kind of knew how my project wanted to like work so I could go find the information I needed yeah. and that helped a lot. And then, um, hiring a software developer that I would work with like constantly. Someone who's more advanced yeah. in the field. Just working back and forth, riffing off with him. I mean, then it was like, okay, the growth was pretty, pretty damn fast. Yeah. So you working in this organization right now, you just have yourself, Leon and Alden who you, and a couple engineers. Yeah. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about what Git Sales does. Yeah, so I think the... And it stemmed from Git Prime a little bit. It did, bit. it did. So <laughs> one of the things that happened when we were SDRs, which you know is another lesson for taking roles that you might not necessarily think are like extremely valuable, but have their own lessons that you can learn. Mm-hmm. And Crazy. Yeah, are better later on in life. Git Sales... <laughs> the, I I think one of the issues we all have with like emails or outreach that we get sales emails, sales outreach is that usually you can't tell if it's a computer that sent it or a person mm-hmm. because it's so robotic. It doesn't connect with you. Um, and it's kind of just frustrating to get those. Get sales whole thing is to make, you know, messaging more beautiful. We want to create okay. more personalized messaging. We want to enable sales teams to make better messages. So how do you do that? right? You have to like, look at the contact, whoever Mm -hmm. you're prospecting, Mm -hmm. you have to find relevant information about them pretty quick, give that to the sales team, and then link that relevant information about the prospect to existing sales content that the team has. That way they can quickly riff off of ideas, personalized content, send a personalized message in like two minutes. Amazing. And 
your messaging is just so much better. Your reply rates are so much better. Um, I can hear all the SDRs right now just screaming <laughs> at you. Thank you, Tyler. Oh God. It's so fun. I hope so. I hope so. You're making my job better. I do. I get, I get very excited about it. I used get sales for the first time yesterday just because How was it? Uh, I almost cried. Beautiful. I used it on someone and I went on his profile, get sales, scraped his yep. profile, saw he liked hockey. We had a hockey email already ready that Alden had wrote that it just referenced me to use. I used it within five minutes. He responds, says, yes, I'll book a meeting. That was an awesome email. Thanks for the hockey reference. No way. It was so cool. And I was like, oh my God. It worked. It, it was worked. like a light bulb. You're like, it was like, all my hard work's paying off. Exactly. It's like, you kind of know the idea will work. You know, like the problem it's solving because you face the problem. But then it's like, when you're using it, even just sending the email, I was like, this is freaking cool. Right. And that's incredible because you're the mastermind behind it. You're not just an employee. You're creating it. Yeah. When you're creating this product, what are you just coding? Are you creating who's doing the marketing side? What? Yeah. How does that breakdown look? So like I said, in business, there's two things, building and selling. So I'm primarily building the product okay. and working with the engineering team, driving that. And then Alden cool. and Leon are focused on the sales side. And they're the ones driving our beta customers. They're the ones getting people onto demos. They're the ones selling the product. And then, you know, we're constantly, you know, pushing and pulling one, one another. It's like, okay, build the product faster. Okay. Sell more, build, build. Such and then you get team. like a healthy relationship there where it's just, if you can nail that down, you're going to have a really, really high growth product. Yeah. And that's important because you, you three are friends, but you yeah. maintain a business relationship as well. How do you maintain that? <laughs> yeah. Well, one, it's kind of hard to fire a founder. Um, <laughs> true, true. Too, but I mean, like, do, yeah. do you get in fights a lot? Is that? I think you know what's funny. We actually did have a conversation about this this morning. Oh, and perfect um, timing. We were talking about it because you know, whenever you can't let things go unspoken, you have to speak. Just like when you're in a partnership like this, or when you're in a relationship, communication yep. is key. And communication I think, is key. Yeah, cannot stress that enough. Yeah, I, and I think Alden said had something really good today where he said communication and like arguments are like, I think an inverse relationship where it's like the less conversations you have, the yeah. more arguments you have, huh. the more conversations you have, the less arguments you have. Amazing. That's, and I mean, that's, that's, that's how you build a business. Yeah. 101. Just find really, really good, smart people. And then, you know, talk a lot. <laughs> that is amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you, Thailand, so much for coming on today. Is there anything else you want to say to the listeners? <laughs> Listen, to Brooke's podcast. She is, <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> she is an awesome person. I think everything that I've spoke about here with like starting your own business, being highly driven, working with people that you love, you know, doing things that are hard at first and, you know, things that won't scale at first will pay off in time. And I think that that's, that's what you'll come to see with Brooke. And she, she, I'm looking forward to like seeing how Let's Get Cindy grows. And I'm glad I could be like one of the vintage episodes, <laughs> vintage. you know, in like I'm seven look years. I'm going to back at this and yep. say, oof. <laughs> no. It, Honey, what uh, were you doing? I think it's a really, really good first start. So. Thank you. Well, it's been awesome and we'll talk soon. Yes. Ciao, ciao. <laughs>